Hey, Fedheads, welcome back to another episode of Cigar Chat, uh, broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network and live on Facebook. Um, any of our live viewers, of course, feel free to leave us some feedback, give us some comments, give us some up thumbs, some smiley faces, some sad faces. Uh, let us know what you think, how you're feeling. Um, I'm Trip. I'm here with my co-host, Jason. Jason, how are you tonight? Doing good, trying to stay re- dry in this torrential downpour we're having yeah, it's been really unusual. I mean, uh, we're both in Portland, Oregon, which is kind of known for being really rainy. Um, but the general atmosphere here is that it's barely raining all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, but it's just barely raining enough that it, things are wet. Like, it's been pouring this week, <laughs> uh, which is abnormal. Like, uh, most people, like, I grew up on the East Coast, um, and I'm sure this is what what happens like in central america is like at maybe four in the afternoon or so there's just a torrential downpour for an hour where it's like two inches of water in the matter of an hour and a half um and we tend to get like two inches over a weekend yeah Uh, so it's a little bit different uh but we're not here to talk about the weather we're here on cigar chat to talk with uh, mr juan martinez from Played the Nicaragua cigars. Juan, how you doing down there in Nicaragua? I'm doing quite well, actually. Uh, excuse my neighbor's dog, if you can hear him. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, of course, you're from Hoy de Nicaragua. We, I wanted to start off just by kind of telling the people about the history of Hoy de Nicaragua. Um, people may or may not know that Hoy is one of the oldest brands in Central America, and actually the oldest brand in Nicaragua, right? Yes. Uh, actually, like next year, 2018, we're turning 50 years. That even though in the big, you know, uh, big scheme of things, it doesn't seem a long time for the Nicaraguan cigar industry. It is, and the Hoya Nicaragua uh, has the privilege of being the the first factory of premium cigars to have been established in Nicaragua. So we are the first. Uh, we are the first in the Central American region. Uh, obviously, after the Caribbean, um, so it, it, we're quite quite proud. It was established in 1968, uh, originally founded by two Cubans that emigrated from the island after the uh, the Cuban Revolution. Uh, their names were Juan Francisco Bermejo and Simon Camacho. Simon Camacho, by the way, is also the founder of Camacho Cigars in Honduras uh, a few years later. So, uh, and we've been we've been doing business uh, ever since without interruption, even in the midst of. Uh, Political dictatorships, uh, revolutions, civil war, uh, natural catastrophe, um, and we are still here. Uh, we are what we call our people uh, survivors uh, in many ways, in many respects. But to be honest, my, my family, this is a family-owned and operated company. It's 100% Nicaraguan. Um, my family got into the cigar business in 1992, so actually 25 years ago. So as I say to many people, I, I didn't grow up under the shade of a, of a tobacco plant like some of my <laughs> prestigious colleagues in the industry. Uh, but we've been, you know, we've been enjoying it and, and, and working hard to uh, to represent uh, one of Nicaragua's pride, um, which is the, the cigar industry and the handmade cigars that we that we produce. And uh, for 25 years, my father has been running the company and um he was responsible of sort of transforming the way we sold cigars, the way we blended cigars, and, and until today, uh, the way we are expanding internationally. Yeah. Um, and so the next thing I want to talk about is 
is the cigars themselves. So most people, I mean, if you're out there and you haven't smoked an Antonio, like, have you been living under a rock? <laughs> uh, there, what year did the Antonio launch? Uh, it was like it was like the mid '90s. No, actually, it was uh, after the cigar boom. Um, just I'll, I'll add a, I'll, I'll add a little bit of history to to the to the okay. product in that sense. So. After the Nicaraguan Revolution ended in 1990, uh, the Civil War ended, peace came to Nicaragua, and uh, Hoya Nicaragua was, was a, used to be a public company, a nationalized company in the communist regime during the revolution, and it was privatized in, in 1990, and my father ended up uh, investing and acquiring the company in 1992. But between 1992 and 1994, uh, there were only Hoya and a couple of other smaller factories that had established. And mm -hmm. by 1996, when the cigar boom actually began, uh, we had more than 60 factories established in, in Esteli, just in Esteli. As you know, the cigar boom created some of the best uh, brands that we know today. Some of the great companies that are pioneers also in the, the cigar industry came to exist as a result of the cigar boom. Drew Estate being one of them, our, our uh, U.S. distributor and partner, uh, was established in 1997 when Jonathan came down to Nicaragua. Then you have um, uh, Rocky Patel, uh, even Perdomo, and some other brands were established during the cigar boom. And then in 1998, the cigar boom ended, and uh, many of those factories that, and brands that were developed as, as a result of the boom went out of business, they were acquired, they went bankrupt, and only a few remained. So we went from having 60 cigar factories to, uh, to less than 20 cigar factories in just a couple of years. But the main point is that during the cigar boom, Nicaraguan cigars were, were hot. In fact, any handmade cigar was hot. Uh, you yeah. could produce anything and they would ship directly from the, the production table. They wouldn't get the proper aging because it was sort of a, this excessive demand, hence the, the term boom. Um, and we didn't have the opportunity to really work on the blends because we were focused, everybody was focused on the quantity. They, everybody yeah. wanted to get the cigars out of the door. Um, so we really never had the opportunity to, to create great blends. We only had the same brand since 1968, which was Hoya Nicaragua, the original Hoya Nicaragua. And we were producing millions and millions of those cigars. And then the cigar boom ended and we found ourselves with a demand that was less than uh, a third of what it used to be, and we were left with uh, warehouses of cigars and boxes of cigars that couldn't be sold. So my father went back to the team, and in 1999, they started thinking, you know, it's the, it's the end of the millennia, a new millennia is coming. How are we going to survive in the future after this catastrophic market event, which was the end of the cigar boom? And they started developing and trying out and working with the, the distributors around the world, and... Uh, it was the first intention to really create a different product for the company uh, from what we used to have in the marketplace. And back then, companies would have one brand, and that would be it. Yeah, that, yeah. That was this, this trend of getting many, many brands out came in later. So they started experimenting, and they went to the tobacco suppliers that also had a big stock of tobacco, and they asked for the best possible uh, and the strongest, the thickest tobacco in in the in the in their warehouses, and they went to one company in particular that's called ASP Nicaragua, which has been mm -hmm. our supplier partner for many for many decades, the Perez families, and they gave us and they gave them, my father and the team, the the thickest tobacco they could get, 
and they started experimenting and they wanted that cigar that would kick your ass. It started like a joke in the beginning because nobody <laughs> wanted to smoke a strong cigar. But ultimately, they stumbled upon this, you know, this true character of Nicaraguan tobacco that when worked well, uh, it would give you the, uh, a level of body and a level of, of strength, but also complexity and also great flavors all in one. And uh, they started working and testing and testing with the distributor. And they ultimately ended up with the blend, which is a hundred percent Nicaraguan puro, make, meaning that uh, all of the tobaccos come from Nicaragua. The wrapper comes from Jalapa and the fillers come from Esteli. And they named it Antaño, which basically means yesteryear in Spanish. And why? Because in a way they wanted to associate this blend with the original blend of how originally Hoya Nicaragua was perceived in the marketplace. Because when it came to the U.S. in 1968 for the first time, people found that Nicaraguan tobacco was very strong. Mm-hmm. Was, it wasn't as strong as it is today, but it was stronger than the Cubans that people were used to in the marketplace. So that's how they decided to, you know, bring back this essence of this differentiating, differentiating factor of Nicaraguan tobacco in its body and strength. And they named it Antonio 1970, yesteryear 1970, alluding to that characteristics of the, uh, of the cigars back in the, in the beginning of the 1970s and, 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 and so forth. And that's how in 2000, and then introducing the marketplace in 2001, Antonio 1970 came to be. When it was first introduced uh, back then, people were not used to strong cigars. The beginning, it didn't go so well. In the first show, it did well, but it wasn't until the second show when people realized that how you know how popular this power was going to become that the brand hit a hit 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 a home run. And it's been our best-selling cigars ever since, uh, and we're actually quite proud of it because even though a lot of people have pushed the bar up and up in terms of yeah. strength. Uh, there's been, I think now this trend has stopped, but in the, over the past few years, there's been a trend to get in the, the, the strongest and strongest and strongest cigar to the point where people sort of reach the, li- reach the limit and then are going uh, you know, lower and lower, looking more for flavor and complexity. Uh, so even though a lot of people have tried to create this powerful, powerhouse cigar, they haven't been able to replicate the blend of the Antonio 1970, and we're quite quite proud of, of that achievement. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I still I've told the story on the show a couple times uh, that the first time I ever smoked one, I thought that I had the flu. I felt <laughs> sick. I didn't know what was going on. I had never smoked a cigar that strong. This was like probably 2005 or so, um, and I I just didn't know what I was getting into. And then a few years later, that that kind of was the kind of cigar that I would gravitate toward. Um, because like many other consumers, that's just kind of where the market went. Everybody wanted something, you know, um, that wasn't necessarily kick your ass strong, but it was like in your face strong. Um, and I think the Antonio, uh, for me at least was just a little ahead of, uh, where the rest of the market was at that time. It was was indeed, but then the market caught on and now you see Nicaraguan tobacco, the tobacco leaf Mm -hmm. being the most popular tobacco. Even if it's not a puro, 100% made of tobacco, it has to have a little bit of Nicaragua. Go over all of the blend sheets of all the new brands that come out for the past 15 years, and Nicaraguan tobacco is in there because it gives you that uh, that additional, you know, flavor, uh, that additional uh, punch that you require to make a smoke uh, really interesting. And uh, that's that's what Nicaraguan tobacco gives you. Comes from the soil. You've been to the factory. We've had this conversation mm-hmm. many times. 
uh, on the importance of the quality of the soil, the volcanic soil, um, and obviously the 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 unique techniques that our tobacco growers and our farmers use to make sure that we get this you know flavorful cigar. Yeah. Um, and actually, you mentioned that Nicaraguan tobacco is very popular. Before we move on to talking about the rest of the cigars, um, you had mentioned that I didn't realize that it was recently announced that uh, in the first half of 2017, Nicaragua exported the most cigars to the U.S. out of yes. every country, which is kind of incredible because, you know, Nicaragua used to be like the little guy, right, compared to Honduras and Dominican. By, by in 2000, for example, uh, uh, 15, 16 years ago, uh, there were a few companies exporting, and it was uh, somewhere between 20 and 20-something million cigars they would be exporting in the year. And now, according to CAA, which is Cigar Association of America, uh, until half of this year, we've exported 12 million cigars more than the Dominican Republic. Uh, we've exported 70 million to the United States, only to the United States. And the Dominican has exported 58. And that's sort of a great achievement in two ways. First of all, last year was an, uh, uh, sort of an atypical year because we did export a lot. Uh, you know, the FDA pushed many of us to bring to market a lot of products. So the, we actually sold quite a lot of products to the U.S. But this year we're actually growing as an industry. Um, I was looking at this number. Just give me one second. Let me bring it up uh, for you guys so that you have it. Uh, this year, we are a few a few uh, million cigars up than the same period last year, which is great because that means that uh, even in the midst of so many challenges, you know, uh, political challenges, regulate re regulation, and everything, people have not stopped enjoying cigars. And uh, for for us as Nicaragua, it's quite a blessing because uh, you guys, you smokers, are are recognizing the talent and the quality of the work of our people, of Nicaraguans, of the mm -hmm. Boncheros, the Roleras, all the people that work uh, on Nic in Nicaragua uh, with tobacco, and of our companies. Uh, we have the privilege of representing a collective of companies that even though we're competition, we work closely together uh, and we collaborate closely to make sure that we represent the best interest of the Nicaraguan cigar industry. And seeing these numbers, it's, it's quite satisfying, but at, at the same time, uh, it makes us uh, proud uh, to see that you guys keep enjoying. And that, as some people used to say, that Nicaragua is just a trend. It's not a trend. It's not a trend. Nicaragua is here to stay with cigars, not only in the United States, but also around the world. I mean, that yeah, and that's kind of been proven. I mean, we're, um, I mean, Nicaragua is hotter than it was during the cigar boom, but it's been a natural growth this time. So it's not just going to suddenly fall off like it did at the end of the 90s um because how many factories are in esteli now it's like 130 right no there are there are, uh there are close to 140 companies related to tobacco in where we okay. include uh tobacco growers tobacco processors box makers label makers and all of the activities related to uh to to the cigar making but uh cigar cigar factories there are close to somewhere between 50 and 5 and 60 Okay. But most of them are small companies, you know, the small yeah. uh, companies that are in each block, like making a few thousand cigars. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Uh, and, but formal companies that together we represent around 95% of the 
production of Nicaragua. Uh-oh. We are uh, 22 we factories, and there are 27 companies, including boxers uh, that we make uh, up the uh, Nicaraguan Chamber of Tobacco. It's basically the collective of companies that represent the whole Nicaraguan industry. So even though there are a lot of uh, small companies, you know, 22 are the, the big representatives one. Okay. Uh, that, I mean, that's really interesting. It's, it's just kind of really interesting to me, having uh, been to Nicaragua in the last few years, just seeing the growth over, over three years in Esteli of kind of the tobacco culture there. Um, we have a couple comments from the audience. So Don Bleeker has two comments. First one, he had to tune in to see the handsomest man in the cigar business. <laughs> um, I agree too. You are you look you are a good looking. Man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the hat the hat makes it even better though. <laughs> um, so actually, and his next comment, I was going to bring up the hat. Um, so his next comment is Nicaraguan cigars are the best in the world. Cuba's old news, which I completely agree with. I the last. Last time, I think it might have been the time before that that I was coming through customs, and they said, "Do you have anything to declare?" And I said, "I have about a hundred cigars." And they said, "None of those cigars are from Cuba, are they?" And I said, "Of course not." Uh, I just came back from Nicaragua, and I pointed at—I was wearing this hat—and I pointed and said, "I went to the Nicaraguan cigar factories." And he said, "Why would you go to Nicaragua? I thought Cubans were the best." And I said, "Nope, Nicaraguans." <laughs> Taught that customs agent his lesson of the day. <laughs> uh, so. Well done, Let's talk about the cigars a little bit more. Um, so first, uh, we've already talked about the Antonio. Let's talk about the red and the black necks. Um, they're kind of, they're interesting to me because they're a departure from what Hoya used to be. Uh, you're just kind of going in a completely different direction. You know, uh, can you talk about those two blends a little bit? Uh, sure. Um, this this project, the, the Hoya family, the Hoya concept came to be because uh about six years ago that we were, you know, trying to think about the future or the next five years, what type of products come, we started asking the question on, about our brand. Uh, we went to the market and we went traveling and we went to the stores and we made events and we asked people, so what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear Hoya de Nicaragua, when you see this brand and when you hear that name? And I, uh, we got two responses, and I would say almost in equal proportion. The first one was that it's an old school brand. Mm -hmm. My father used to smoke it, or it was my first cigar that I ever smoked, or is my grandfather's brand. Awesome. That's you know, you can't top that, man. It's it, when when you when people think and their first cigar is your brand, it makes you really proud. But at the same time, it had that old school factor because. You guys, especially in the U.S., you guys want everything that's new, something new, something exciting, something boutique -y. So what's old school doesn't necessarily mean translate into buying and smoking the cigar. Uh, so that, that, that was the first thing. And the second thing was that a lot of people ex precisely thought when they, they, when they thought about Hoya Nicaragua, they thought about this brand, yeah. uh, the Antonio. So they would immediately think about strength body, full body, it's too strong, or oh, it kicks my balls, the same reaction that you had when you <laughs> yeah. smoked the first one. And uh, that was sort of like ingrained in the, in the marketplace uh, psyche that we saw retailers, when people came into the store, they would say, I want a strong cigar, they would immediately go to Hoya Nicaragua. And the truth is that even though our best-selling cigar is a full body cigar, most of our production is not full body. It's actually yeah. mild to medium. 
So, you know, it's good to be recognized in this niche of, of full body and this niche of old school brand, but we needed to have, you know, a separate thing because we're closing the doors to a lot of people who, first of all, didn't want a, the old school product, the traditional, the classic, and not everybody wanted this full body cigar. So we decided to create this sort of, uh, on, on Jonathan Drew's uh, words, <laughs> dumbed down version of, uh, of Hoya de Nicaragua, which is basically <laughs> this Hoya, because everybody knows Hoya. So it's sort of a simplified version of that in where we wanted to capture the essence of Nicaragua, focus on the flavor, on the smokability, on the enjoyment, on the friendliness. So we decided to create this family called Hoya, starting with Hoya Red, then Hoya Black, then incorporating Cabineta. There was a friendly cigar that would trump the second impression or the second myth that Hoya only made strong cigars. That's why even the band is different. Everything is different because we wanted to make a clear difference in the separation. And the second thing is that with respect to the message, we wanted people to, to feel more inviting, especially for the, the newer smokers. Uh, so we, we've, we thought about trying to focus on the contemporary smoker because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't call it younger because it's not politically correct. Uh, but the contemporary smoker that would try a brand that was exciting, that was, even though it's old, it's also new, it's fresh. So everything from the band, from the message, from the box, from the advertisement, everything is intended to the, the contemporary smoker. So that's how it came to be. It's sort of our product, a combination of a, a young executive team with, with our guys, together with the oldest, most experienced tobacco makers, in, uh, cigar makers in Nicaragua, which is our, you know, our heads, uh, my father and our general manager and our head of production. And together, joining forces to create something new. And uh, so far, people caught on to it, the message, both on the profile and the, uh, the brand. And uh, it, together as a family, it's been quite successful. Yeah, um, I, I think, I mean, for me, I think the branding of the Hoya lines is, is a really nice contrast to the classic lines. Um, because now you've kind of got both of those segments covered. The people who want the old stuff and the people who want the new stuff. Um, and they've each kind of got their own look that fits with what the product is. Um, before we take any more questions, uh, we just got to take our first break here because I missed it. Um, so we'll be right back after this message from one of our sponsors. All right. Not sure what happened there, but the ad for some reason just didn't play. Uh, I've, that's Why never happened before. Why did you do Hoya guys? I think there's <laughs> yeah. a Hoya hack. Uh, so oh, I... Just in case the audio didn't play, because I'm not really sure, um, that that segment was brought to us by Gurkha Cigars, makers of the finest cigars in the world. Try the uh, the 93-rated Gurkha Heritage. It's a really good cigar. We smoked it on the show a couple months ago. Um, but now back to Hoya de Nicaragua. So now that we've covered the the old new stuff, the, the Hoya lines, um, I want to talk a little bit about the Gran Reserva. So I've uh, we, we actually did uh, a show on it on sharing our pairings we had an episode uh where we smoked it with a couple of different beers and i was really impressed with the grand reserva because it's got all of the elements of the original antonio but just kind of uh the way i described it was it's kind of like the edges are just sanded down a little bit it's a little bit smoother a little bit less strong uh, but it's still got kind of all those flavors that you're looking for so how did the grand reserva come about that's that was precisely one of the one of the intentions to uh, you know even though the the Antonio line has been 
successful for for almost uh, uh, almost two decades. Uh, we wanted to give some love to the brand. Over the past few years, we were been very very strongly pushing for the Hoya family and everything that's new. But the truth is that we have a great brand. We have great tobacco, and we also wanted to take advantage of the you know of the window that the FDA forced onto us that uh, we had to recover grandfather brands. So Antonio Gran Reserva came actually the first time to the marketplace in 2005 as a limited edition. I, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So it was a limited edition in 2005. We decided to, okay, if this brand existed, it's already protected. We wanted to celebrate uh, already something with the, with the Antonio. Uh, so we decided to create this line extension, which is basically that. The same profile of the Antonio 1970, the original, but smoother. And this is given by the uh, extra aging of the tobaccos that we're giving. All the tobaccos that we're using in this cigar have been aged a minimum of five five years. So that's that's the first impression that you get a, a smoother, uh, a little bit creamier, not as strong. That's precisely the intention, but uh, still full bodied and full flavor. Yeah. And and I think we did we 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 did achieve it. Uh, we had to make three sizes, the same three sizes that we had in the original uh, release of the uh, of the limited edition in 2005, just because the regulation forces us. Uh, but it's it's doing quite well. It, it was introduced in the IPCPR show this year. Uh, it's still. Um, I'm, am I still on? Or yeah, Jason, uh, Jason okay. lost his connection okay. for a second. We've still got no video for him. There he is. Okay, there he is. Uh, so, so it was it was introduced in the IPCPR. It's, it's still heading to some of the shops that I think they haven't they haven't gotten it yet. But uh, I think it should be available countrywide by now. Yeah, from what I've seen, uh, it's available almost everywhere. And then it seems like some shops are just kind of still waiting on shipments and stuff like that. But within the next few weeks, I think everybody should have it. Um, so, and so the other thing that we did with 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 the Gran Reserva is that now. Uh, you remember we also have the Antonio Darcorojo, which is sort of the other uh, member of the family. Mm -hmm. So we brought them all together into one uh, one united family. It's called the Antonio family. So we have the 1970, the Gran Reserva, and the Darcorojo all together bundled up in this in this beautiful family of uh, full-bodied, robust Nicaraguan character, um, strong cigars. Yeah, and, and like I said at the IPCPR, I, I love the new branding on the uh, Dark Corojo. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it just fits right in line and looks great on the shelf. Yeah, thank you. And the Reserva looks great, too, with that second band. I think it's a good differentiator to kind of make it stand out from the standard Antonio 1970 line. Well, it's it's the only thing is that it's an extension. We don't call it a new brand precisely. It's just an extension of the... Uh, of the original 1970, we're using the same tobaccos. It's almost at the identical blend, uh, the same packaging. The boxes are a little bit different, adjusted to the new labeling requirements and everything. But uh, that was it. Just a small tweak, differentiating, and you get it on the profile, which is the ultimate intention. I like the box press on that too. Something about a good box press on a cigar. I don't know what it is, but oh, always love a box. It's press. just nice. Which is interesting, you know, uh, we were introducing this last month uh, in Germany for the European market, and the Europeans feel completely opposite about box press, and I was surprised, <laughs> and they were like, mm -hmm, no, it's not going to work, because it's, what, what's up with the box press, and, uh, and they were asking a lot of questions, because I don't know, it still hasn't gotten, and I was asking, there's some brands like, you know, Padron, everything is box press, no, it doesn't sell. 
or some other brands, people don't gravitate toward. This doesn't seem natural to them, apparently. But in the U.S., it's, it's quite opposite. Yeah, I, I think the reason for the European difference is that in Europe, they've been smoking mostly Cubans for, you know, 70 years. And then in the last decade or so is when Nicaraguans have really started, or not just Nicaraguans, but non-Cubans have really started to grow uh, exponentially. And I, I don't know. I think maybe they're just not used to it. It's weird. Yeah. El Kacham. You know, we found that we've been selling in Europe for, for, for many decades now, and we actually have a quite a, a good uh, position in, in most of the European markets. And we've seen how in the last five to seven years, uh, there used to be before a big difference in what the Americans, Maduros, and what the Europeans wanted, smaller ring-gauge cigars, longer cigars, a little bit more classical, milder, medium-bodied. Mm-hmm. But now we've seen how, for example, things like this, social media, and the exposure that we get all over the world has like sort of uh, made this unif- unification of, of taste. And we see now a lot of Europeans asking for what the Americans are smoking and mm-hmm. the Americans asking curiously for what the, the Europeans are smoking. It's just interesting because sometimes we don't value enough the power of social media in our industry. Uh, and you guys have been instrumental to getting the word out not only in the United States but around the world in, uh, in, in people's you know, taste evolution and education about cigars. So it, it's quite interesting to see that. Yeah, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword too, because you, it, everybody now knows about the cigars. You know, uh, you're no longer just marketing to a specific country. If you're on social media, you're kind of marketing to the whole world, whether you yeah. like it or not. Um, but at the same time, I think that's kind of what brought on the "what's new, what's new, what's new" kind of mentality uh, that everybody's been chasing for the last few years, and that uh, is is kind of kind of being messed up by the FDA, um, which. <laughs> Actually, that brings me to a an audience question from Don Bleeker. He wants to know what's next for the Hoya line. Maybe a sun-grown <laughs> wrapper? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we try to move away from that, from that tendency because it, it sort of goes against the principle and the nature of premium cigars. Yeah. And again, we've spoken about this many, many times on how long it takes for this cigar to become what it is, to really have its, you know, its its nature, uh, its personality, and everything. From the moment that the seed is planted in the field to the moment the cigar reaches your hand, you know, four, five, six years have gone by. In the case of this cigar, more than five. Uh, so it's a very time-intensive product. When you go to the factories and you see people working at a slow pace, you age the cigars. You you know you take your time. You make sure that this cigar. It's not fresh, which is a contradiction to everything else. We want these cigars to not be fresh when they get to the to the humidor. We want them to be well-aged. And uh, that takes time. So bringing a new brand from the moment that it was conceived to the moment that it reaches your hand, it takes a less, no less than one year. Generally, some, somewhere between two or three, depending on if you have the tobaccos available or not. Uh, so it's sort of a contradiction when we push towards new, 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 new as fast as we can, yeah. uh, you know, because it, it's, it, this cigar has been in the works for almost a year, a little bit more than a year, actually, now that we're in October. So, Don, I may ask you, have you tried this cigar yet? So this is what's new <laughs> right now. 
once you smoke your first box, then I'll tell you what's new. No, I'm kidding. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna answer that question. But it's important you guys know that uh, even though we bring as many cigars as we can to the marketplace, we wanted to we we want to give it time so you can people you guys can enjoy the cigar, appreciate what goes behind making the cigar, and really make it you know a personal favorite of yours. And we invest a lot of love and time and dedication to be able to get that. We don't want to be ephemeris, you know. We now you don't see a lot of people buying boxes of cigars. You see people buying the equivalent of a box with two, three, four cigars of many, many stuff. You, you got mm -hmm. 25 cigars, 20 cigars, but not of one brand. So that also makes a lot of uncertainty, uh, creates a lot of uncertainty to us because we don't really know how successful a brand is. I would say in about a year in, that's when we really know if a, a, a brand has been successful. If people have reordered it, if we've gotten great reviews, if people are buying it. If before a, one year we haven't gotten any good feedback, it's not doesn't mean that the, the brand is dead. So it takes time. So this cigar was introduced in July. We'll know if it's successful if by the next show people are reordering it, reordering it, and you guys are smoking it, etc. But for the next year, for next year, it's a, quite a special year. Just to concretely mm. respond to Don's question, um, we're turning 50 years, so we have a couple of uh, interesting things. So we're bringing back uh, to the U.S. one of our legacy brands that is not available to the marketplace, and we've gotten many, many people asking about it. We'll very likely bring the, the original Hoya Nicaragua to some specialized shops that uh, are considered our good friends and partners around the country. Uh, so you'll be able to smoke once again the original Hoya Nicaragua in the U.S. market uh, next year. Then we're also working on a very special 50th anniversary cigar. I can't talk much about that because it's, you know that that's the type of projects that people would cut my head off if I yeah. talked about <laughs> Uh, especially the marketing team who are probably listening and they're like, ah, why? Uh, and then by the end of the year, you'll see a new member of the Hoya family in this process of getting uh, the red, black cabineta, and then you'll see a fourth member of the Hoya family, which will basically complement the smoking experience from the mild cabineta to the medium uh, red, then to the fuller body uh, black, and then to something uh, quite extraordinary that's going to be part of the whole Hoya Collective. All right. And it looks like we lost Jason there, but we have to take a break anyway, so we'll be right back. Thanks. Uh, I love your answers, Juan. They're fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back with more audience questions. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today yeah i don't remember um i'm gonna go to this view for a moment oh we gotta get jason back in here because jason dropped off the call somehow um and it has messed up our window so our 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 video looks weird now to everybody um but we can keep talking so we've we've still got a bunch of audience questions here there we go i think i'm uh, back now i lost well, power for a moment oh you lost power <laughs> yeah i was it's... i was noticing it was raining real hard it just and I'm the one in moment, Nicaragua, but... man. Yeah, usually it's our guest in Nicaragua that's having power outages. Um, 
so I have two questions from Chico, right? But I'm going to combine them together. Uh, what What is your opinion on the Antonio Lancero, and uh, why do Lanceros taste different than a larger ring gauge? So for for my opinion, uh, I love the Antonio Lancero. I think that it's uh, I've always had a couple burn issues with it, but that's kind of the nature of having heavy Nicaraguan tobaccos. You can't you can't get something that small with that much heavy tobacco in it to to burn easily. Um, but the flavor is there, and and they're not as overpowering in nicotine as the rest of the sizes are they've got all the flavor without some of that kick uh what do you think jason i love lanceros because they really highlight the wrapper of a cigar and i think that particularly with the um antonio series you get um it's like the wrapper gives you that kind of nicaraguan earthy heaviness of it so Mm -hmm. so you really notice that quality in in the cigar and I'll let Juan answer the last part of that question. Why do Lanceros taste different? Okay, so can you hear me well? Because you yep. guys cut up a little bit. Okay, so um, there are two there are two parts to this to this question. So the personal smoker one, which is that I love Lanceros. I personally enjoy them very much. Uh, for me, uh, the dark the the type of tobacco that we use for the Antaño. It's, it's a complicated tobacco to, as you mentioned, to use in a, a small ring gauge cigar because it's a very thick, uh, mm-hmm. very thick texture uh, of tobacco that has a lot of burn issues by itself. When we use this wrapper, we know that we're going to have challenges, but at the same time, it's what gives the, the flavor to the tobacco. So it's sort of a balancing out. Uh, so you will have uh, burn issues with, uh, with a thicker wrapper, especially a Nicaraguan wrapper. Uh, so I have that issue that I don't I don't like it I don't like that issue with 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 my lanceros. So I generally enjoy more like the cabineta lancero, for example. Oh, that's a fantastic that one is lancero awesome because you don't have to worry yeah. about the burn issue or or uh, and even the uh, the classical lancero or or the classical uh, thin thin gauges are 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 great smokes because they are designed to use this thinner tobacco that has better combustion. Now the commercial side of it is that even though you everybody loves Lancero, nobody buys Lancero. <laughs> yeah, <So>, exactly. <laughs> it's, so for uh, every cigar maker, everybody asks for a Lancero, but nobody buys a Lancero. So even though we make the Lancero, is is by far not our our, our best selling cigar. It's, it's sort the of best size that never sells. That's it's that's the, the quote size. that always comes back. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but again, I think. Uh, your point on on the thick tobacco is is the most the, the most relevant in this type of of of, of, uh, of discussion, and uh, any small ring gauge cigar, for in my opinion, will capture best flavors. It will capture best complexity too, just because uh, you know you have the, the possibility of each tobacco giving giving to the to the whole combination a little bit of itself. When you have bigger ring gauge cigars, when you go to a 60 ring gauge cigar, then you have to add a lot of tobacco to make it burn and to make it smoke. So you you have this sort of uh, overpowering of one type of tobacco and you lose this this flavor notes of the other one. So you have a lower proportion of wrapper as a proportion of the whole cigar, lower proportion of binder, and then you have more proportion of fillers, especially secos and visos. So you'll get more of that than the flavors that you get in a thinner ring gauge. So anything below 50 and going to the Lancero, that for me, it's ideal. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think for for me, like 46, 44 to 46 is kind of my ideal ring gauge. Like the, uh, I'm not smoking it tonight because I've smoked all mine, but the Hoya Black uh, Nocturno. Yes. Uh, that size is fantastic. Um, and we're going to keep on the Lancero train because we got a bunch of Lancero questions that came up after that one. Go ahead. Um, so Don Bleeker is asking... Uh, he wants to know if there's ever going to be a Hoya Black Lancero because he's he's itching for one of those. Uh, if it was for us, we would do it, especially yeah. for you, my friend. Don. <laughs> now that you've participated so much, I think you're you're you've earned your Hoya Black Lancero. Unfortunately, it's not gonna ever hit the marketplace, at least not in the current situation, because yeah. uh, FDA uh, prohibits us to bring a new product that wasn't in the market before 2000, before uh, August 2006 to the market. And unfortunately, we did not have the opportunity to make all of the sizes in all the blends. So we are limited in being able to bring the Lancero size in all of our blends. So we'll probably be able to do it. If you find me on the street and we are able to join an event with us, you will, I'll probably be able to give you it's also apparently illegal. Give you one uh, from 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 my own personal stash, but you won't be able to find it uh, commercially because of your beautiful and uh, open and free-minded government. Well, coincidentally, um, first Don Bleeker is actually Canadian, so oh. uh, I mean, you could still send some up that way. But he's also going to be in Esteli November twenty-seventh, and wants to know if he can swing by the factory and get his weasel on. Well, yeah, let me let me yeah, <laughs> let me just let me write that down then, and you're 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 gonna have to become our our uh, our uh, Hoya Black Lancero ambassador then. Oh man, I'm jealous of that. Uh, Jason, I've been hogging all the all the talk time here. Do you have any questions? Yeah, so something very quiet, huh? <laughs> I was kind of curious about is that um, over over the years, have you had other cigar manufacturers? manufacturers or brand owners come to you and sort of ask you for bits of advice given your own and Hoya's long experience with Nicaraguan tobacco and like the history. It, it seems to me that if I was new, Hoya is one of those companies that I, I would look to for some sage advice of sorts. Y yes, we do get that a lot, actually. Um, in, in fact, Back, uh, back in the beginning of the 1990s and in the 1980s, Hoya was, our factory was, was considered the University of Tobacco. It was the only operating factory. So if you wanted to actually learn how to make cigars, package cigars, you had to go through those halls. So in fact, we made a calculation a few years ago that around seven to eight uh, out of 10 of the heads of production in different factories in Esteli had gone through our factory, uh, and it's surprising wow. how many people and how many people's parents learned to make cigars in the in the factory. It's it's quite astonishing, and uh, we have that 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 uh, on the books for us. The second thing is more of the brand uh, owner uh, type of uh, of experience. We do get a lot of people coming to us and asking us to make cigars for them or with them. Uh, we don't do a lot of private labels. We do with some. Partners like uh, Steve Saka, Sobremesa, and 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 Don Barton and uh, Tobacco and Co. and Omar de Frias and some other uh, private uh, customers, but 
they come to us because they believe in and they know and they trust the capabilities and the experience uh, of our factory. And that's the best tribute that you can pay. Someone like Steve Saka deciding to work with Hoya Nicaragua beyond the friend, friendship element, because we, my father and I are very close and, 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 and we are good friends. But beyond that, his trust and, and his belief in our factory is the best compliment you can ever get. So, mm-hmm. so yes, a lot of people coming by. There's also a lot of people now in SLE that know a great deal about cigar making. You have uh, great cigar makers in SLE from the guys at Drew Estate, the guys at Placencia, the guys at My Father Cigars, the guys at AJ, all of them. And they all of them inject their own DNA and their own style and their own personality to cigar making. So nowadays, it's, that is less because there's less that we can teach to, to some people that are making great, great cigars uh, uh, every single year. So, uh, but, you know, uh, by the fact that we're the oldest and everybody knows that and they know that they can count on, on, on our experience if they need improvement in their process and improvement in the cigars uh, and, you know, even control details in the production that we've learned to control over the decades in Esteli. Um, it's, always a, it's always a great compliment to have. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to take our last break here, uh, which isn't a real break. We don't have a video for it. Um, and Chico Ray has led me directly into my next segue. Uh, so his question is, when is a representative from Hoya going to be in Orlando, Florida? Download the Drew Diplomat app. Uh, this section is brought to you by Drew Estate. If you download that app, you can find out when all of the Hoya events in the entire country are. Um, and... It's, I mean, it's just a nice way to be able to find out about events because you can put in that you're in Florida and it'll show you every event that they've got scheduled for the entire state. Um, and you can figure out when that next Hoya event is in Florida uh, exactly and whether or not Juan's going to be there. It's actually a great app. It really is. Um, I use it. I like it. Uh, you can, of course, check in your cigars, win some free stuff from Drew Estate and Hoya. And uh, they have stuff from all of the brands that are, that are represented there. So uh, responding to your question, I'll probably be in Orlando uh, in the first part of next year. Uh, we are finishing up our, our, our visits this year, but we'll probably do uh, be doing a couple of uh, special events in the northern Florida region uh, in the first part of, uh, of next year. So you'll have to, uh, you'll have to find us uh, in the Drew Diplomat app and, uh, and we'll smoke a cigar together. Maybe a Hoya Black Lancero, maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> You got any more questions, Jason? I don't want to hog all the time. All right. Um, so n- next question for me is that of the Hoya lineup, like if if you have a day where say you know you know you're going to be smoking like four cigars or something during the course of that day, do you have kind of an order that you like to go in? Yes. Um, well, for for us in the in the in the business is sort of atypical because. We have to be smoking a lot of different stuff, so it's not like we have a, a, a collection like you guys would. We have a collection, mm-hmm. but we don't get to smoke that often, that yeah. collection, because we have to be you know, testing different products and, 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 and different projects that are in the works from us or from our customers. But if I would start the day, I would generally start with a Hoya Cabineta. That's my morning cigar, my coffee cigar. The first cigar that I add up uh, when I'm at the factory or when I'm traveling, it will be a Cabineta. Just because it's you know it's it's mild but it's also very creamy it's silky for me it's like uh, smoking a cappuccino sort of that texture that uh, fluffiness of the smoke 
uh, it's 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 for me it's it's delicious. That's also the cigar that I smoke when I'm out. I'm out uh, like you know uh, camping or uh, fishing or doing stuff like that. That's a very friendly mm -hmm. cigar to enjoy. Then more towards the afternoon, I'll gravitate so, some uh, towards something fuller. Uh, I'll probably have a red or a black, and then more in the afternoon, evening, I'll go towards this, uh, like an Antonio fuller body, just because it's how your my body is uh, it's craving the, the the body, the the, the cigar uh, flavors and the uh, and the uh, and the strength. Probably I will be smoking sometime during the day a test blend or uh, somewhat something from some other guy who you know gave me a cigar to test. Uh, we smoke, uh, I personally smoke a lot of from other companies, from other cigar makers, just because I love, you know, I'm a cigar smoker too, so I enjoy what other people are, are, mm -hmm. are making and, and how they're, you know, I like to experience their take on a particular uh, variety of tobacco or a particular origin of tobacco. So I will be smoking some, some something from uh, outside of our own factory, obviously Steve Saka's products or Omar's products. We would be smoking something like uh, Nick Nick Melillo's product, Liguense, or, or something from him, or uh, something from my father's cigars, or something from Willie Herrera, Drew Estate. He's always giving a sample to try to test, so we're <laughs> we're constantly figuring out what 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 he's trying to do. Uh, so we're you know that that sort of takes all of our time, all of our smoking time. Willie reminds me of you in that way, in that if you're near him and he has a test plan, he's going to be like, try this and tell me what you think. There are a lot of people that hide their test plans like in a back room somewhere and they're smoking them all themselves. Uh, but the two of you are two people who every time I've ever met you, you're like, try this and tell me what you think. Well, you know, for us, we, we have a process and the process involves the, the, the feedback of people who know mm -hmm. and who enjoy. And we know that you guys are that type of crowd that we like their, your opinion. And we know that we're going to get some some honesty, maybe not complete yeah. honesty. You won't tell us that it sucks, but we'll we'll see it. We'll we'll see it in your <laughs> eyes. Uh, but uh, it's important every time we're developing something because the we, we try to make cigars that we enjoy. But cigars that uh, people enjoy, even if it's not something that we completely enjoy. If we would make our own cigars only, we probably would be out of business by now. Uh, yeah, you because, can't only make you know, your favorite. Excuse me? You can't only make your favorites. Yes. That's just we not do. how the market works. No, exactly, exactly. So we, we, we like to have people feedback, and, and then we start calibrating depending on people's reaction and comments. Uh, so you asked me earlier if... If the, the cigar that we smoked during your visit this year was something that was going to come out this year, I don't remember, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, we're always giving out test blends, and uh, uh, some are for newer projects. Someone don't, end, don't even see the light of day. They just yeah. get thrown in the, in, the, in the library of blends that we have, and uh, we start from fresh. We start from fresh. So um, it, it's, it's quite interesting also to get people's feedback, and especially because you get people's engagement because they want to see if it's a test blend, they want to see what it ultimately became becomes. So mm -hmm. it's, it's quite interesting also to get people's uh, attention in that way. Um, and that generated a lot of comments. So one of them is from John O'Larnick who's watching. Uh, he, he says he loves that you keep in touch with other makers and what they're doing and what they're making and that you're just a cigar smoker. He says he's a chef and he does the same thing. He's not only going after you know he's not only eating the dog food he's he's trying everything because he wants to know what other people are doing and and you know you just enjoy it um 
we've got another question from Don Bleeker. He's been asking a lot of questions tonight. <laughs> he's really working for those black lance arrows. I hope I hope he's not the only guy watching us tonight because Oh, definitely not. Okay. Uh he's just the most vocal. Uh he wants to know what your favorite rum and cigar pairing is. I think I know what the rum is. Uh yes, you know, I'm very patriotic <laughs> in that way, so flor de caña is always a great pairing. If you have a flor de caña uh 12 year or 18 year with a 4 5 is the ideal combination. Not only because for the Cuatro Cinco, we had uh, tobacco that was aged in vintage uh, oak barrels that were previously used to age the rum. doesn't have anything to do with one or the other, but they pair they pair really nicely with one another. But to be honest, my favorite pairing so far is uh, between the Hoya Black and the local craft beer that if you're ever in Nicaragua, oh. get, uh, it's called Moro Potente, mm-hmm. and it's called Lado Oscuro. So we are actually good friends with the with the with the guy that makes the beer, and his 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 beer was inspired on Hoya Black. He was smoking Hoya Black, and he wanted to replicate this wow. in a beer. So it actually pairs beautifully together. So that that would be my favorite pairing at this moment. If you ever got the chance to be down in Nicaragua and ask for a Moro Potente, which base it's also by the way the name of a big uh, big mountain in Esteli, Moro Potente. Lado Oscuro, which means dark side, and the Hoya Black, that's that's the ideal pairing. Uh, the last time I was in Esteli for Cigar Safari, in, I think it was in March, um, Henry brought us to Afinca Sumesa, and we, and we tried the, the Moro Potente beers. They're, they were yeah. very good. Yeah. It's a craft, you know, it's a Nicaraguan craft beer. You guys have, you know, many, many options, mm-hmm. many more options than we do, but it's quite interesting to have that perspective of also a Nicaraguan craft guy uh, making this this beer inspired on one of our cigars. So it's it's also a great thing. Uh, Jason, do you have any, any closing questions? I'm going to go through the comments one more time and see if we have any other burning questions. Yeah, go for it. I think, um, <clears throat> I think I'm good. I'm interested to try that beer. That sounds good. <laughs> it's it's really good. You can't. I mean, you're you're not gonna find it at the supermarket anytime soon. Uh, no. You really have to go to Nicaragua to find it. But it, it is pretty good. That uh, Hoya Black pairs well generally with with kind of like a darker beer. It does. It does. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I forgot the name of it already. The whatever their dark beer was, I think it's like a. It's kind of in between a porter and a stout. It is. It is a stout. It's called the Lado Oscuro, Dark Side. I think that's it for the audience questions. Um, you guys were shy tonight, huh? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, we had a, a lot of racy questions, like the ones that you guys give us in the, during the cigar safari. You always <laughs> like, all the racy stuff. <laughs> uh, Don says he's going to be seeking out some more potente when he's there next month. Please do. Please do. Yeah, it's re- really re- good. Re- reach out to us, uh, social media at Hoya Cigars Dawn. So when you're down there, we can uh, you can come by, visit if you have the opportunity, give a tour of the factory, but also uh, uh, maybe get some samples for you. Um, and actually, that brings that brings me to what my next question was, which is uh, where can people find Hoya Cigars online uh, if they want to <laughs> get in touch, if they want to follow you guys, if they if they just want to get more information. At Hoya Cigars everywhere in Twitter. You can reach us via Twitter, via Facebook, via Instagram, everything at Hoya Cigars. The webpage, uh, hoyacigars.com. Uh, basically, you can, and, and you just, 
if you need anything from us particularly just you know email and they'll forward forward uh, the comments to us and uh, we'll be on top of it so at Hoya cigars all the social media all right Juan thank you so much for joining us it was an absolute pleasure as always uh, and thank pressure. you Jason for joining me and helping me out with the interview it was my pleasure and of course, thank you to everybody watching on Facebook, everybody who commented, left a left a thumbs up or a like uh, or a sad face or whatever your uh, your feedback was. Um, and thank you to all of our podcast listeners and all of our armed forces listeners. You guys are out there doing things we're not built to do. And we appreciate you, uh, you know, protecting our freedoms. Everybody have a great day. From Nicaragua, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening, for watching us, and also to the troops. Uh, even though uh, we are in the middle of Central America, you guys represent us, and we are very proud of you guys. So thank you very much for, for all the sacrifice that you guys do for, for the whole world.